0: Hello and welcome to the One Foot Down Podcast. I am Eric Murtaugh, editor of OneFootDown.com. This is our 48th episode. We're going to title this one our pre-national signing day uh, extravaganza. With me, I've got my recruiting bros from One Foot Down. Uh, We have Jamie and Brendan on the podcast tonight. How are you guys doing?
1: Good. Good. Yeah, doing well.
0: Glad to be here. All right. Yeah. Next week... (laughs) We're going to be breaking down the players that signed with Notre Dame. We'll save that for after National Signing Day, get into some specific scouting and stuff like that, the grades we handed out, kind of talk about why we graded players the way we did and overall thoughts of the signing of the whole class. Um, Today we're going to kind of have more of a a national outlook, maybe more of a a broader look at Notre Dame's recruiting, not just this cycle but uh, in the past we'll talk about uh, you know Jim Harbaugh at Michigan. We're going to talk about the state of California, states we think Notre Dame should recruit harder, uh, and and stuff like that. So it should be a fun time. Uh, we're really going to start this off with a really big uh, twenty thousand foot um, idea. I want to ask you guys. This is Notre Dame or Brian Kelly's fifth recruiting class, his fifth full recruiting class since he's been at Notre Dame. It's his sixth class overall. Of course, that 2010 class when he first got here was a transition class. Um, on a scale of one to 100, um, how would you grade his overall efforts as a recruiter? We'll start with you, Jamie. I give
1: him a solid 84, uh, so that would
0: be a B. Uh,
1: okay. <laughs> I think he's done a. I think he's done a really good job. Um, I'm sure everyone everyone wants a top five class, but. I think the reality of where Notre Dame is and uh, where where they are in the college football landscape for how they've recruited and the type of kids they've gone in you know there are some kids yet yeah, that I wish they would have won they've they've made some mistakes so it's it hasn't been perfect but overall um, I think he's done a really good job at, at just about every every position and uh, I I mean, the, the the, team has been better than it's been for, for years, and I know it's not to the level that everyone wants it to be at, but we're still at a much better level than, than we were.
0: Hmm. Brendan, what would be your, your uh, number grade for that?
1: Um,
2: I, I can't be as precise as Jamie, but <laughs> I'll give him... Uh, I would break it into his effort and his results, and I'll say... 90 to 95 on effort. I think he's worked hard himself and his staff has worked hard. Um, you know, maybe some guys worked harder than others, so it's hard to tell from the outside. But certainly we know they're on the road all the time. They're, they're identifying guys. I mean, Their track record of identifying diamonds in the rough in the radi- rankings are, is phenomenal. Um, the results, I would say 85. So I think Jamie and I are on the same page there. Um, I think what has been really impressive to see is... You know, Notre Dame, of course, is a different animal when you coach here, and we saw when he came in, you know, there were some hits and misses in recruiting, but now we see after a few years that there's really, he's figured some things out, and uh, I think in this class in particular, it's really kind of the, the finishing point of the trend in his five years, it's a very balanced class, and you can see that we're not getting those craters like we had with Weiss, where and Willingham, where Willingham didn't recruit an offensive lineman for two years, you know, or Weiss's defensive recruiting was kind of not good. <laughs> uh, you know, and we saw, okay, last year we were short front seven guys, so we loaded up on front seven. This year we could be balanced, so we'd be a little more balanced for program building. So I think, uh, you know, we've seen some good progress in that in that measure.
0: Now one of the things that was kind of bouncing around in my head, um, today, in anticipation for this podcast, was the notion that if you took maybe the top fifteen or twenty coaches in the country, um, how many of those guys would you expect to kind of fall into the kind of the Brian Kelly range, where you know the class is ending up eighth, ninth, tenth, eleventh best in the country? I mean, do you think there's really more guys out there that could do better? Do you think? some of those guys would come in and struggle or where do you think Brian Kelly falls in that kind of spectrum of uh, as a recruiter?
2: I think, I think he's good. I th- think he's not, you know, like the, like the urban Meyer, the, the, or I don't know. I can't think of some of you, maybe Jim Mora, you know, the kind of big person who's going to come with the aura and all that stuff. But, um, I think he's done a good job. I don't think you could put a different coach in there with a different constraint center in place at Notre Dame and say, oh, yeah, instead of top ten classes, we'd have top three classes every year if we just changed out the guy leading the show. Because, you know, there's still going to be a smaller pool that you can work with, you know, and there's just no way around that. Um, I think if you put someone like Meyer or, or someone like that, you'd see some incremental increase maybe but nothing earth-shattering.
1: I, I agree with Brendan. I, I would say that, you know, an Urban Meyer, um, you know, a Nick Saban, yeah, uh, there's maybe three or four other guys that would recruit at a higher level than Brian Kelly at Notre Dame, but I don't know if those guys are necessarily the right fit at Notre Dame in terms of uh, the success they have in recruiting. Uh, they do it a different way than they would be able to do it at Notre Dame and you know there's a line at Notre Dame and you can go close to that line but you can't cross it in order to get uh, a certain type of athlete uh, into Notre Dame and I don't know if those guys are capable of doing that because they go and they cross that line all the time at at their respective schools and I just don't think that it's it's a realistic thing that there are too many guys that are gonna do um you know what uh, what Kelly has has done, and I think that also going back to something Brendan said when he was giving the grade before, that Kelly it's it's taken a few years, but he kind of understands uh, how to sell Notre Dame more. And I think uh, obviously Tony Alford, the recruiting coordinator, like he really knows how to sell Notre Dame better than anyone, and um, you know, it's it's a different it's a different place, it's a different school, uh, and you're selling different things that you would. You know, they they like to say you're shopping down a different aisle, and you got to find that those coach those coaches that could do that uh, and find that right fit a certain way. And you know, there's maybe only a handful of guys that could do a better job than Brian Kelly, in my opinion, in in that uh, respect.
0: Now, here's something else I was thinking about. Um... You know, when you look at, like, the, the overall team rankings for recruiting and you kind of take the difference between the 10th class and maybe, like, the 16th class, it's really not that big of a difference. I mean, you could probably pick up a high four-star if you're 16th, and you can jump up three or four spots. But then when you're looking at the difference between maybe being ninth or 10th and then trying to be the third or fourth team in the country, I mean, you really have to yeah. to bring up your game in recruiting. If you look at Notre Dame for this cycle specifically, you'd probably have to trade in about five of the three stars and probably get you know one or two five stars and then a mix of uh, you know medium to high four stars. I mean, that's really hard to do. So, do you think there's kind of a maybe a ceiling on the on the type of Notre Dame recruiting Notre Dame can do on a consistent basis? Should we be? Um, Content and happy with you know seventh of the nation being kind of like as good as it can get.
1: Um, I don't, I don't think we anyone should be content with it. You know, you should always strive for more. And there's, you know, there's five star guys uh, in this recruiting class that I would love Notre Dame uh, to sign. And they're, you know, people would say that oh, he's a Notre Dame type of kid. Uh, you know, so a Byron Coward, a Rasheem Green, yeah, guys exactly. that probably could get into Notre Dame. Um, that would be, I mean, I think great fits, uh, obviously on the team, obviously, but um, at at the school as well. But I mean, it's tough to to get signed those guys, and there's only so many of those guys out there. So imagine if they're out of the, you know, the thirty or so five star players there are. There's maybe ten. That Notre Dame really can target, and to get those ten, I mean, you're battling everybody else because just like um, you know Byron Cowher, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna pick Auburn or Florida. I think are are his top two, and when you think about Auburn and Florida and you compare them to Notre Dame, it, it's no comparison. They're just different choices, and I think that it just you know, and they're and they're both great schools and great programs in their own way, um, and, you know, that's what he wants, and he's from that, uh, you know, area of the country, and he wants to, to go there, and, it, mm-hmm. I mean, it's a, it's a tough sell. It's a tough sell, right? So, um, yeah. you know, you got to just find uh, the right kind of kids and tar- target the, those right kind of kids, and hopefully you get in on them early enough um, and, uh, you know, do a good good enough job recruiting them where they uh, decide uh, to to choose to go to Notre Dame.
2: Yeah, I I agree completely. I think, you know, the the difference between, like Eric was saying, that that 6 through 10 to 1 through 5 in the recruiting rankings, it's basically five stars, right? And if you're not getting them, there's really no way you're going to break into that top five level. And where we are, you know, I don't like to pin too much on a single game um, or to some respect, or in some sense, even a single season. But certainly for those guys, those five-star guys, like they pretty much all have NFL dreams, you know. And when Byron Coward, and he, he hasn't made any secret about it, that he wants to be in the NFL in three years, four at most, Um, and I'm not judging him for that. I mean, he's a phenomenal talent. He's very dedicated, you know, good for him. But realistically, when you take a kid who's making a football decision like that, you know, I can't say that I fault him for picking an Auburn or an Alabama or he was was high on Alabama for a while too or Florida or Florida State because they're, you know, they've proven over the last several years that they're going to play at a high level. They put a lot of guys in the league. And until we get to the point where we can do that, we can also point to that. We can say, yeah, there are things here that are different. They might be a little more difficult to deal with, but it can make you a better person. And, oh, by the way, we get you ready for the league just as well as those other guys. Um, you know, So we I think we need to do that for a few years, and then we'll start to get um, some more attention from those guys.
0: All right, we're going to move on to our next topic here. Um, I want you guys to talk about what position – Brian Kelly has recruited the best since he's been at Notre Dame, and what position he's recruited the worst since he's been at Notre Dame. <laughs> um, I think the first topic, is anyone going to not argue offensive line? Because that's what I picked. Well, yeah. Uh, no, there's no way I could argue against offensive
1: line.
2: Yeah. I mean, he and his stands seem to be a match in heaven, you know? <laughs>
0: All right, so it looks like we all kind of uh, agree on that one. So the worst position, I kind of thought about this for a while. I went with safety, and that kind of plays into the situation right now. They're trying to pick up another safety. I looked back at um, the safety recruits. Now, this isn't a perfect list, as I'll uh, explain here. So these are the safeties that Brian Kelly has recruited. We've got McKelty Williams. Uh, Nico Fertitta, Drew Tranquil, who's kind of a hybrid linebacker, uh, Max Redfield, Elijah Shoemate, CJ Proseis was originally a safety, John Turner, um, Eiler Hardy was a cornerback, but kind of transitioned into a safety, and then the same thing with Matthias Farley, and then you have Chris Badger now. Out of all those safeties, you've got only four players who are four stars, and Tranquil was just barely a four star. So I think if you look at it, you know, we have some depth problems there now. Um, not really any big-time recruits outside of Redfield and Shoemate, kind of back-to-back a couple years ago. And, uh, you know, Procise is a great player, but he's transitioned to offense. Um, so I, w- I, I think safety is probably the worst. I'm not really sure why. They've done a pretty good job at corner. Um, but uh, for some reason, just safety has been... Hot and cold, I would I say. Think. I mean, Redfield and Shoemate there in the, in the middle was good, but since then and before that, yeah. really not that good.
2: Did you have uh, – I mean, I don't think it would really change the overall picture that much, but did you mention Nicky Barati?
0: Yeah, I think he was listed as yeah. an athlete. I forgot to lump him in there. Athlete,
2: yeah. Yeah, I think he was a quarterback safety in high school, or quarterback in high school.
0: All right. So I was mean as soon as he got. so,
2: But he was like a high three-star, I think.
0: Yeah, he was another three-star, so, so. So he doesn't really change the picture, but, yeah. What do you yeah, guys got? Yeah, you know, that,
2: Um, same, same way, you know, I kind of thought about it a little bit. I'm actually going to go with inside linebacker. Oh, okay. I think there was that year, uh, or there were a couple years in a row where we didn't get anybody, I think. Mm-hmm. Right? At least one year we didn't recruit one, I think, two straight. And you know, we okay, we had Teo, and and he was starting every year but still. Um and that's that's how we ended up with you know, well okay, Jared Grace got hurt, but even at that, if Grace were starting you'd have Schmidt, either walk on Schmidt or true freshman Morgan backing him up. And as it turns out, Schmidt was pretty decent, but you you know, you don't wanna necessarily count on rolling the dice on a walk on, you know. Yeah. Um so that that's definitely been a little bit of a hole too. I mean that looks there's a pretty good linebacking class this year. You know, yeah, um, the twenty fifteen class. So hopefully they'll be okay going forward. And Morgan obviously was a great kid, but um, yeah, definitely there's a little bit of a hole there in the middle.
1: Um, I, I would say, I I was going to say inside linebacker as well, but I I didn't even really think about safety. But Eric, now that you brought that up, like whoa, we have done terrible at safety. <laughs> That's not. I mean, it really has been. Um, uh, a black hole of, of terrible recruiting at that time. Like, I mean, there's been injuries as well. And, um, I mean, Collinsworth was a, you know, was a receiver, and then he came in and played safety as well. Um, but, I mean, no one's going to say that Austin Collinsworth, uh, I mean, he was a captain as a senior and stuff, but uh, he pretty much was hurt for the second half of his career when he would have been uh, a starter, right? So uh, it was... It's been really disappointing. It's kind of shocking too, because um, you know, obviously he wasn't a Kelly recruit, but ha- Harrison Smith was such a good right. player yeah. um, for for Kelly the the couple years that he played for wow. uh, in 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 the secondary there, and um, you, know, pick, uh, you know he's first right. round pick. You know he's been a Pro Bowl player at um, uh, in the NFL for the Vikings and has done a great job. And I mean, obviously we haven't produced a ton of safeties uh into the into the nfl during that time but i mean there's a guy to point at like look here's this guy like he's a first round pick you could be our next harrison smith and we we really have not uh hit a home run it it has been a lot of like um a lot of three stars and a lot of guys that were kind of borderlines like well i hope these guys develop rather than uh, you know, so the two the two guys um, that we had this year, obviously, uh, you know, Eric mentioned Shoemate and and Redfield. I mean, both those guys are highly touted guys, but even those guys, you know, are s- still in the process of developing, and they're going to be upperclassmen next year, right? So
0: yeah. uh,
1: they really need to do a better job there. And uh-huh. um, I like um, McKelty Williams a lot this year, and Nico Fertitta. I, I mean, I like him... Uh, but I'm not I'm not sure if he's ever going to be uh, like a quality starter at Notre Dame. I think right. you know the jury is is definitely out there. They really really need to land um, you know a, a safety here, and I like the guys that they're they're targeting in the next little bit. But uh, they need to land one of those guys in a very bad way, and then. You know, next year too, they got to hit safety again, and it's it's just the same thing with inside linebacker, right? Like I, I wrote that post uh, about it a few years back about the deficiencies in defensive recruiting and how uh, they signed. You know, we were playing with two inside linebackers in our base defense, yet they signed three inside linebackers in four years. Uh, there's something wrong there, and they didn't right. sign other outside guys who could. Maybe fit into inside linebacker either, right? Like they they had a dis- really distinct set of criteria that they wanted for that inside linebacker position. It's like they thought that um, uh, you know, Dan Fox was never going to graduate or something. Like they needed <laughs> uh, to do a better job at inside linebacker, and uh, I mean they've luckily they've done it. I think with this class, and then. Uh, the the previous one with Morgan it looks it sounds like Martini it looks like he, he's going to be a better player than a lot of people projected um, but I mean hmm. and then the other spot is um, edge rushers that was yeah. the other thing that I was yeah. going to bring up like that's you know I think everyone saw that that was um, the, you know the defense had a lot of problems this year but I would say getting to the quarterback without bl- without blitzing was a huge problem I think that was the hugest Uh, problem for the defenses here and it's because they didn't have a guy who was a natural pass rusher and I think everyone's hoping that guys like and um, you know Colin Hill and Trumbetti and these guys become those pass rushers or you know maybe like Eshaq Williams comes comes back and he becomes that guy but uh, I mean that's all hope no one knows if those guys are going to do it and um, I know Ishak was a was a five star player. Trump bet he's a four star player, but you know Colin Hill and and Johnny Williams. I mean, I I like both of their senior films, but um, they're you know developmental guys. So I, I think I mean, Bo Wallace is another good pickup this year, but he's a developmental guy. Uh, I mean, it would be nice to land a plug and play type of edge rusher in there, uh, and I I hope that in 2016 there's there's one or two out there that uh, uh, Notre Dame could target and land.
0: Yeah, you stole my joke. I was going to say, I think, that Bob Diaco thought Jared Grace was going to be around for seven years. <laughs> I don't know what the thought process hey, was He might there. still
2: be. He's the Carlos <laughs> Huerta of the linebacking corps. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, our next topic, we're going to talk about Urban Meyer at Ohio State. Now Jim Harbaugh um, is at Michigan. A lot of Notre Dame fans are worried about what this means for recruiting. Um, I, I would say this is a normal reaction for Notre Dame fans to be worried about the situation. I think my two cents on the matter would be I don't think it's really going to affect Notre Dame all that much. I think where it's really going to affect is the teams that are kind of a tier below Notre Dame, like Michigan State, Penn State, um, you know, programs like that, I think they're going to start getting squeezed out as, you know, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan start fighting for recruits. I think that's going to hurt those uh, second-tier programs a lot more than – I think Notre Dame is going to get theirs in recruiting. Um, You know, we might miss out on some high-profile guys here and there, but we'll get some of ours too, but I think – you know, even with Harbaugh, and Michigan, I think there's it's going to be uh, a bad news for kind of those programs that snatched a high four star here and there. I don't think they're going to get as many of those anymore. What do you guys think? Um, I think that
1: with with Meyer, I mean, I mean, he's been around for three years now, and if you look at it head to head, Kelly's done a pretty good job yeah. against mm-hmm. Meyer uh, when it comes to. I mean, look at Jalen Smith, right? Like, I mean, Jalen just brother. Was yeah. at Ohio State and Notre and Dame. Mike Harmon
2: too.
1: Yeah. yeah, right. Mike Harmon, same thing, right? Okay. Um, I think Ohio State targets different kinds of players than Notre Dame in general, and they're going to cross paths every once in a while uh, with you know with a Justin Hilliard. But you know what? Notre Dame presented their case, and Ohio State presented their case. And he was looking for something different than Notre Dame, so that's why he chose Ohio State. I don't think it had anything to do with uh, Ohio State recruited did a better job recruiting him. I don't believe that. Other than maybe uh, Notre Dame got in a little bit later in his recruitment because uh, Bob Diaco and you know I you know all the stuff with Diaco. You heard about how he wasn't the the friendliest guy. Uh, when it came to recruiting, so uh, I th- I think you know that might have hurt it, but uh, overall I think Notre Dame has done a pretty good job against er- Urban Meyer, and um, mm-hmm. you know he'll land his fair share of guys and he'll get his guys in Ohio, but there's plenty of good players in the state of Ohio. Um, you know Elijah Taylor, another guy this year who who, who uh, signed for Notre Dame, and the one thing about Harbaugh at Michigan, I think he's I, he'll do a good job for sure, and he's he's done done a pretty nice job already. Uh, You know, just uh, got a commitment from Zach Gentry, flipped him from Texas, is a nice uh, quarterback from uh, New Mexico. But at the same time, I mean, Brady Hoke, I mean, he didn't do well on the field, but in recruiting, he Um, recruited. He was was known as a very good recruiter. Greg Madison was there, and everybody knows that Greg Madison is supposedly this guy who just – Destroys Notre Dame and negative recruits <laughs> at Notre Dame, even though he was a Notre Dame former Notre Dame assistant. But um, you know he's and he's still there now. But Notre Dame still won their fair share of guys against Michigan while he was there. And uh, look, they're gonna get their guys, but just like Eric said, there's there's plenty enough to go around. And I think the kids that want the kids that want uh, Notre Dame are gonna choose Notre Dame because I think. The staff does a good enough job with the kids in the Midwest, um, you know, kind of presenting their case, and I, I just don't see it, and I, I do think Eric brought up a great point about it's going to be those, the Michigan states, the Penn states, mm-hmm. some of the other schools getting squeezed out in the in the med, Midwest.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm with you there. I, think I, I was going to say the same thing about Ohio State. I mean, I expect, Urban to absolutely get a bump, obviously, off the national title, but Kelly's gone head to head with him plenty and won more than he's lost since he's been in Columbus. So I'm not too, too worried about that. And then Harbaugh at Michigan, I mean, you know, he, I'm sure he'll get a couple of guys that we want, but, um, you know, and vice versa, but he runs a different offensive system, a different defensive system, you know. So, he wants different running backs, different offensive linemen. He, he runs a 3-4 on some guys, sure, but certainly we're not going to, like, battle him on every single recruit, you know. Um, so I, I'm i sure it'll complicate things slightly, but I don't think it's going to be, you know, the two of them are going to mop the floor with this in the Midwest from now on.
0: Do you think that um... – you know, if Jim Harbaugh recruits a little bit more nationally, that that's a good thing for Notre Dame. Like, you know, you look at Urban Meyer and, you know, Notre Dame has been fighting with him over a couple prospects here and there. But, I mean, Urban Meyer is going into Florida and getting some guys, Virginia, you know, he's 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 recruiting nationally. And I think that kind of helps Notre Dame because I think the ideal scenario would be with Ohio State, Notre Dame, Michigan, just kind of all recruiting nationally and, and not really fighting over you know, 20 Midwest prospects. Home turf. Yeah, I think they're kind of, you know, everyone's going to kind of get their own in the Midwest, and then go out and, you know, get their, uh, you know, get some top 250 players nationally. And mm. I don't really think it's going to be that big of a change, to be honest. No, I don't think That's so. either. I think it's
1: actually
2: whole hmm. recruit. Oh, sorry. Go ahead.
0: No, go ahead, Brand. <laughs>
2: Uh, I was going to say Hoke, yeah, it's a good point, Eric. Hoke uh, recruited the Midwest really well, actually. I was uh, a little teaser for the off-season. I was um, in going over some data for a, a post that I'll do later on about geographic trends in recruiting. You could see over Hoke's time, uh, Michigan really started focusing more and more on the Midwest. It kind of lost some guys down there. So... Know, like you say, Eric, that could potentially, if Harbaugh looks more national, that could actually open up some of the Illinois guys, Indiana guys for us. You know.
0: All right. Now we're going to come up to a controversial topic. Um, everyone loves to talk about it in recruiting in regards to Notre Dame, and that is the state of California. The, the uh, All the gold that's out in California so hard to get, so hard to keep. <laughs> it's kind of a theme. Um What I did is I went back, and I used Rivals for this because they go back the farthest. I went back all the way to the 2002 recruiting class. I'm going to give you guys and all of our listeners every single California recruit that Notre Dame has signed um, over, I think it is 14, let me check here, 14 recruiting classes. We're going to include the 2015 class and hopefully someone that's going to sign with Notre Dame next week. So here we go. Now, I'm going to list the player, the star, uh, where they were from, and what county. Just I want to, For our listeners, I want to see how many uh, of these kids come from Southern California because when you talk about California, it really is you're recruiting Southern California. So 2002, offensive lineman James Bonelli, four-star, Ventura County, that's Southern California. Defensive end Chris Frome, four-star, L.A. County. Uh, offensive lineman Derek Landry, he switched to defensive line, four-star. He's from Contra Costa... County. He went to De La Salle. Uh, wide receiver, Remick McKnight, four-star. Uh, he was from Orange County. That's Southern California. So that's a pretty good 2002 recruiting class. Four guys in that class. 2003, uh, DB Freddie Parrish, four-star from L.A. County. He transferred. Uh, 2004, we got four more recruits. You have quarterback Darren Bragg. I think he switched to receiver. He was only a two-star. Uh, Tyron Rollingham, alert. Uh, he was from Santa Clara County up north, uh, defensive back, Terrell Lambert, three-star, Ventura County, Southern California. Defensive end, Brandon Nichols, three-star, Orange County, another Southern California athlete, Anthony Vernaglia, four-star, Orange County again. No California recruits in 2005. So now the Weiss era arrives. You have two tight ends, Conrad Ruland from Mission Viejo, that's Southern California, and also Will Yateman from San Diego County. uh, kind of considered in Southern California, depending on your, the way you look at it. 2007, obviously, uh, Jimmy Clausen from Ventura County. Uh, 2008, Dane Chris, Joseph Foria, and Anthony McDonald, all three from Southern California. 2009, Shaq Evans from L.A. County. 2010, Cam Roberson from Ventura County. Uh, and Justin Utupo from L.A. County. 2011, we're almost done. The Atkinson <laughs> Twins from Almeda County up in Northern California, and then Troy Nicholas from uh, Anaheim. He came out of Orange County and Servite High School. 2012, T. Shepard, we're going to count him from Fresno <laughs> County. Uh, and then 2013 was Max Redfield from Orange County. Edder, Eddie VanderDoes, we're also going to count him from Placer County, that's way up north. And then last year we had Tyler Luatua from uh, LA County. And then this year we have CJ Sanders who's transferred out to California's from uh, Sherman Oaks in LA County. And um, fingers crossed for Equinemius State Brownies from uh, Servite High School as well in Orange County. That's another Sol- Calif- uh, Southern California kid. So that's 27 players from 14 classes, 20 of whom are from Southern California. Out of that list... We had seven transfers, and almost all of those came within the last six or seven years. You had uh, both of those tight ends in 2006, Ruland and Gateman transferred, uh, Foria transferred, uh, Shaq Evans transferred, you had Cameron Roberson on a medical scholarship, T. Shepard transferred, um, Eddie Vanderdud's finger quotes transferred. <laughs> um, so, you know, a lot of people have been frustrated with the recruiting in California, so... I guess what I want to throw to you guys is, you know, how should Notre Dame go about recruiting California? Should they try to increase their efforts there? It doesn't really seem like they push too hard nowadays. If you look at that list I just rattled off, it's really only like one or two guys per per, per recruiting class, really over the past decade. So um, should they kind of pick their spots? I mean, pretty good job the past couple of cycles getting some impact players. So. Um, You know, it's a big state. Uh, You know, they're recruiting a lot of these players right out of the shadows of USC, our main rivals. So uh, what do you think about the state of California? Jamie, we'll we'll start with you because I know know what you're going to say. Okay. Well,
1: um, yeah, we did talk a little bit about this before we started recording. Um, I would... I think they should put more effort into California. Mm-hmm. I know this sounds ridiculous based on uh, recent track record and all that. And and Eric, did you mention Sierra Wood in there? I can't remember if he did or not.
0: You know what? I might have missed him. I think I missed him. He would have been
1: 2008? Uh, I think so, yeah. And so, I mean, I just think of a, a few guys from that list. I think of Raymond McKnight. I think of Terrell Lambert. I think of... Uh, Troy Nicholas, I, I mean, I think of all the good guys mm-hmm. that we've gotten from those classes and those protective players, and they've been very good players for Notre Dame. Sierra Wood was a very good player for Notre Dame. Maybe he didn't leave on the best terms, but he was a very good player for Notre Dame. Super important player in the, the 2012 season. I think there's a, so much theoretic love that people forget how good Sierra Wood was as well and especially that big run in that Oklahoma game. I'll never forget it. Huge mm-hmm. run. Um, you know, he was, he was a very good player for, for multiple seasons for Notre Dame, and I just think you got to take your chances there. And I, I'm not saying we should sign, well, we should sign four or five guys from there. Yeah. I don't think that's realistic. But to get one or two from there every year, there's just too much talent there. There's, you know, I think... You know this year when you look at the quarterback class of 2015 I think that's gonna be kind of a precursor to what you're gonna see uh, with quarterbacks I mean California already produced a lot of quarterbacks but they just the way they have it set up with the private quarterback coaching you know Jimmy Clausen was kind of part of that first wave of all that with I believe he was a Steve Clarkson guy but all these uh, quarterbacks who've Gone to these private quarterback coaches, they're just more developed than a lot of these other kids. And I mean, for what Kelly wants to do on offense, I mean, I think there's just way more of those guys out there that, you know, if we're going to try to keep signing, uh, you know, well, at do doing well at the quarterback position, you have to target California every year. Because there's going to be players there, there's going to be at least a couple of quarterbacks every year. That are going to be good enough to get uh, a scholarship offer from Notre Dame. So you you got to target there. There's always and there's always going to be uh, you know Notre Dame can't go and hope to sign uh, you know defensive tackles from uh, the southeast every year. It's hard to hard to get those guys. So sometimes you know you got to go into California. You got to try to target a kid there. Or you got to, or if we want to get an edge rusher, we can't. You know, there's maybe none in the Midwest. Well, California might be an option, right? Like, it's there's just too much talent there. Um, you know, there is a good alumni base there as well. Like, I just think it's crazy to not target there. Maybe they were targeting the wrong kids uh, uh, previously. So hopefully it's hopefully it changes.
0: Yeah, it does kind of seem like eventually the luck has to even out there, doesn't it? I mean, we had a <laughs> yeah, that's, run that's what one there for several the, years with the Fresno situation. And
2: that's what the house always wants yeah, you to think
1: They can Brent. stay out
0: of Fresno, <laughs> stay out of
1: Fresno. They can target the rest of the states, and then I I'll think I'll be happy with that.
0: What do you think, Brendan? I mean, I think they put Matt LaFleur out there as the main recruiter on the West Coast yeah. and in California, which is kind of a curious decision, I thought, originally, and I think... Bob Elliott backs him up most of the time out there. you think they should should maybe change that up?
2: Well, I don't know. I mean, from what I've heard about LeFleur, um, you know, it seems like he's a young guy. He's an energetic guy. He comes right from the NFL, so kids, you know, gives him some credibility. And it seems like he's connecting, you know, okay with the kids and just we haven't gotten inroads there yet from it. Um, I do think it's interesting that you hear Elliott's name coming up with him more. Uh, recently, you know, like like he needs some backup out there, which is fine. I mean, it's not an easy job out there, right? Um, I'm sure Mike Denbrock is <laughs> happy to shove it off on the new guy after the luck he's had. But, you know, I'm completely with Jamie. I mean, you know, there's just too much talent out there. It's, it's the population centers. You know, it's California, it's Texas, it's Florida. And however hard it is to recruit there, you can't just give up on it because that's where the guys are going to be, you know. And if we also if we want to get those elite guys, you know, we can't sit around, we can't sit back and say, well, we've had a tough time, so let's focus attention elsewhere. And then we haven't been paying attention for two or three years there, but, hey, there's an elite guy, we'll just drop in and get him. It doesn't look like that, you know. You have to be in the state consistently even if you're not getting guys to build credibility, to maintain uh, relationships with the high schools and all this stuff. You know, look, Louisiana, we're finally seeing some dividends this year with Tillery and Bo Wallace and possibly, Mm -hmm. fingers crossed, John Reed. um, Coin flip, but we'll see. But that, you know, Cooks has been working for two or three years to get get the foot in the door in Louisiana without any results. That's just what you have to do. You know, you have to pound the pavement and knock on doors and, and just be seen. So, uh, yeah, I definitely would, like Jamie says, I would I would ramp it up in California, if anything, because um, it's just too much good out there.
0: All right, a similar topic. Uh, I wanted to ask you guys which state, you, if you were recruiting at Notre Dame, and so you're Brian Kelly or you're Tony Alford heading up the recruiting efforts, which state would you be recruiting harder? Um, for me, this is like being a kid in a candy store, because you're going to be like, oh, North <laughs> Carolina. No, wait, Florida, yeah. uh, California. But I think... After thinking about it, I would probably land on Texas. I think they've made really good Mm. inroads there. The loss of McKinney is unfortunate, but um, I think maybe bang for buck, um, good fits there. I think, you know, the state's huge. There's lots of, uh, I don't know, I just think the culture there fits uh, well with Notre Dame. There's some good Catholic schools down there and stuff like that. So I I think I would pick Texas. What, What would you guys pick?
2: Uh, you know, I'd love us to see us make more noise in Virginia. It seems like there's a ton of talent in there uh, that's growing, and we we can't really get in the door there. Um, and I think there are some kids there, like maybe a Quinn Blanding from last year or something that would be a good fit for Notre Dame, and just we haven't been able to get in the door in that state. So I'd love to see us make a little more noise there.
1: I was gonna say uh, Virginia as well, uh, but then I I I was like a kid in a candy store. There was too many that I wanted to say. Well, we should recruit this higher. Uh, Virginia, uh, North Carolina. I think both of those stand out to me because that's ACC country, and mm-hmm. we're in the ACC yeah. now, and we're gonna start playing a lot of these teams from those areas more often. So, you know, hopefully we can make some more inroads there. I think there's I you know I do some work for. Uh, a Virginia Tech site as well on uh, BT Scoop, it's on 24-7 Sports, and uh, you know so I, I watch a lot of film on on Virginia kids, and there's a ton of talent in Virginia, and there's it's an, it's an I mean, it's not an untapped resource, because people are recruiting there, but I think it's an untapped resource for Notre Dame, in terms of, um, you know, I, I'm not looking at these kids' transcripts, so I have no idea if they can get into school or not, but there's a lot of talent there, uh, I think there's always a, a ton of talent in North Carolina, and they don't have a dominant college football program, and they probably never will. Even though Duke is playing better, and they're kind of similar to Notre Dame in terms of um, their their kind of uh, academic standing, but still, I mean, Notre Dame is Notre Dame, and Duke is Duke. Uh, right. You know, when it comes when it comes to recruiting, so I, I think North Carolina is another. Uh, you know, There's just a ton of talent there. Uh, the SEC steals a lot of the top kids from North Carolina a lot. And uh, I know uh, you know, Notre Dame. I think under Weiss, we targeted North Carolina a little bit more. I remember we got Robert Blanton from there, Kerry Neal. Neal. Uh, uh, it was Rayshon McNeil, a North Carolina kid too. I think he was. Um, yeah, like yeah. those kind of – uh, there's talent there, especially especially at DB, like, you know, safeties. That, that's where you can find some of these uh, kids, and I think it would, it would be good to target both of those, uh, those states a little bit harder.
0: All right, we're going to transition to uh, to some tear-shedding. We're going to talk about USC recruiting. <laughs> uh, you know, a couple of years ago, they're in the middle of their sanctions. A lot of people are hoping that uh, things were going to fall apart for USC. They've quickly rebuilt everything there, um, including the monstrous beatdown on Notre Dame to finish this regular season this past year. Um, They currently have, uh, I think, three five-star recruits, Chuma Duga from Georgia. They have Osa Messina, who just verbaled, from Utah. and uh, They're probably going to add three more five-stars, it looks like, At least that's the way uh, most of the experts think it's going to fall. They've gotten Ronald Jones, who would have been nice for a nice get for Notre Dame. They've plucked uh, Marvell Tell recently. What are we supposed to think about USC right now? I know a lot of people don't really think all that highly out of uh, Steve Sarkisian, but recruiting for USC has um, stepped up its game immediately. They have 20 verbal commits right now, and they're about to sign basically a full class. So really uh, back to business for the Trojans. Yeah,
1: they're loaded. Uh, it's, it's a loaded uh, class. Um, this is, I mean, Lane Kiffin, he always signed good classes as well. Uh, just they were short in numbers, obviously, because of the, the scholarship reductions. But, I mean, this is, it, it's it's a truly ridiculous class. And I, I like some of the guys they already have. Like, obviously, Messina and Jones are the two guys that, Waikili uh, uh, Ross, too, is another kid that uh, Notre Dame was, finished second for probably a distant second, but he would have been obviously a great uh, player to have. And Adoga is a stud, but, I mean, the guys that they're going to add, like, if, I mean, if it goes as predicted, like Amon Marshall and uh, Rasheem Green and Porter Gustin and John Houston, like, these guys are, they're elite guys. Guys that, uh, I mean, you know, Stuff has to go wrong for these guys not to be NFL players down the road. That's how talented uh, these kids are, and it's just like a it's like a factory. They're getting all the all the top guys they want uh, along the West Coast again. And I mean, if they keep it up, I mean Steve Sarkeesian, I I mean he would have to be a horrible coach <laughs> not to uh, not for them to at least not win the Pac-12 South every year and. I mean obviously Notre Dame wasn't at full strength when they played this year but I mean this was not a good team a USC team and you know they ran Notre Dame out of the coliseum like it was an, it was an embarrassing game I think everyone could admit that and um they're they're bringing more talent so it's it's I mean it's a little scary as a Notre Dame fan to think of all that talent that they're going to have but I mean we'll see you know there's only uh you know, there's only a, only 11 guys can be on the field at one time. So uh, I know Florida had a problem with signing almost too many five star type kids, and it kind of caught up to them. And I mean, USC has had a lot of five star guys, and in, in the last few years too. And not all of them have lived up to uh, to their to their ranking. So I get I guess we'll see. But um, yeah, it's it's not the greatest thing to be a Notre Dame fan and see all that talent go to USC. Yeah.
0: I
2: hate USC. That's it.
0: That's a good way to wrap it up.
2: Yeah. No, they, you know, I mean, what are you going to do? There's, they got a lot of a lot of stuff that we can't compete with, you know, and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the kid going there, you know, picking them over Notre Dame, but they, it's just a different feel, you know, and if it speaks to the kid, it does. What are you going to do? And they're just on a tear right now. Um, you know, and they got vibe, feel-good vibes. It's funny because their season overall – you know, if you look at total results on the season, it was very similar to ours. But, uh, you know, of course, they stomped us at the end, which kind of changes perceptions a little bit. But, you know, I mean, they feel like they're rolling as a program, like they're starting to get something rolling. And then, you know, with their tradition and with being in Southern California, and, you know, great weather and near the beach and all that stuff, it's just once it all comes together at the same time, it's a tough thing to compete against. So... I don't know. We're gonna have to do the best we can, and you know, we hope that maybe eight to ten ranked or six to ten ranked classes with better coaching, hopefully, um, can knock off three, two to three ranked classes. We'll see.
0: All right, this is the last topic for the podcast. National Signing Day is next Wednesday. We're taping this on a Monday night, so we got about two hundred hours until the faxes start (laughs) pouring in or the scans, or whatever they're doing nowadays. Um, my question to you guys, you could pick one player from anywhere across the country to add to this Notre Dame class. Um, you don't really have to take away a player, although <laughs> maybe you say you could take away from a position to add another player. Um, I think I'd probably take away a receiver, and I would bring in Brian Cowart. Yeah. Um, I want to bring. I probably would want to bring in a safety, but I th- would really like to get an elite defensive end. I kind of thought about um, Josh Sweat, but I think Cowart's a little bit more physical and might be, um, you know, maybe not as good of a speed rusher, but he's still going to be really good. So I would pick Cowart, and I would I would bring him aboard. I think that would be make the defensive uh, hall, um, you know, pretty good. Uh, I think they've got some projects in the defensive line with backed up by some really good linebackers, so I would want to really boost that defensive line. What do you say, Jamie? Well, you stole my guy, Eric. I was oh, going to say sorry.
1: Byron Cowart. Um, but uh, since you picked Cowart uh, and you, you mentioned safety, I'm going to say Derwin James. And I know he's he's going to Florida State. He's the top safety in the nation, uh, you know, he's been committed to Florida state for a while. I'm not even sure if Notre Dame even offered him, but if you're just taking players and regardless of anything, I mean, he is, you know, they, they have Jalen Ramsey who is just an absolute stud for them right now. And he's another one of those type, type of impact type of guys. And I think he's going to be a special player. And, you know, we've obviously struggled at safety, uh, we don't even have to lose anyone. We're still looking for a safety. So I would, you <laughs> you know, would love to have uh, Derwin James somehow, you know, well, maybe he'll make a last-minute decision. Uh, no, he's not going to, but uh, would love to uh, have a player like Derwin James in this class. Yeah.
2: Well, I was going to say Byron Coward too. <laughs> but uh, I'll uh, I'll stick with him. Um, I'll be unoriginal and stick with him. You know, it's just such a such a huge hole and you talk about there's an issue with safety there's a depth issue, but we do at least have two frontline guys right now you know, but what coward does we just don't have on the roster as far as we know I mean maybe Johnny Williams is that guy but we don't know um, coward you know i I think he could step in from day one and and be a factor um, so and, and that would completely change what and Gorder could do if if we have that real rush threat um, and make the the secondary's job a lot easier, so maybe the safety issue isn't quite as bad, you know, so uh, it's a lot to put on one kid, but still, (laughs) Uh, if I pick one guy, it'd be Cowart.
0: All right, Um, we kind of got teased with Cowart way back when, and he came and visited, and Things were looking pretty positive. I know there there were some reservations, obviously, because of his status and where he was from. But man, it would have been nice to get him.
1: Oh man, yeah, it would have been.
0: It would have been yeah. something.
1: He would have been the best. Uh, I know Eshack Williams was a five-star defensive man, but he he was not Byron Coward in terms of uh, the level of recruit yeah. he was. And yeah. uh, the one thing that I I can say, just like a little personal tidbit. On Byron Coward, Uh when I saw him at the opening and in person and he was phenomenal there uh, and from that point I thought you know it was a toss-up between him being the top player in the pro- uh, in in the nation uh, him or uh, Trenton Thompson the the defense tackles, going to to Georgia but he was just phenomenal and the one thing was his work ethic was insane like he was just a guy who was always asking questions, you know, like learning each rep that he took, and just got better and better. And you know, it would it would be shocking if he wasn't uh, an an impact player at the next level. And you know, by all accounts, he's he's a he's a great kid too. So, uh, you know, I'm sure he's going to be great for whatever school he chooses. Uh, you know, we wish it was Notre Dame. Yeah, he's
2: one of those guys. You know, he's a three year guy right but that's his plan at least and
1: yeah, if he's healthy there's yeah.
2: right right and you know that, that he's said that that's what he wants to do so you know right now you know we can appeal to that guy but right now we don't you know um, so he i think he is kind of a a Notre Dame guy as far as you know fitting in on campus and all that i think he loved he was up here for Irish invasion right he loved it but You know, just him looking at his long-term goals in the league, he didn't see us as the best path to get there. Oh well.
0: (laughs) Yep, that's the way it goes sometimes. Uh, Yeah. All right, that's going to wrap up our forty-eighth podcast. Um, We'll come back with another podcast next week, right after National Signing Day, talking about all the recruits that Notre Dame signed. I'm Eric. That's Jamie and Brendan. We will Mm -hmm. see you next week and go Irish. Go Irish. Go Irish.